going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the CJ Cup. As usual, I'm here with my partner in crime, everybody's favorite Canadian, the GPP King, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Oh, you're too much, man. Every t- When you come in like that, I know it's going to be a good week, though, because you're at least a little fired up. I know you got stories or, or topics that you want to talk about, so it's going to be a good show. I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by Prize Picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Check that out. We've talked about it plenty of times. It's going to be, like I said, a full segment when we get into the regular season for you guys. But right now with swing season, football, everything in place, just not as much. If you want more prize picks and you want to make some money in the interim, you can follow us on this channel. Subscribe here to the Mayo Media Network. I'm doing a free show every Wednesday. Comes out Wednesday afternoon. There's another show on this channel as well with some prize picks, some other stuff out there. So you can get that in the meantime. And we'll get into it more when we get into the regular season. But Kenny, good good week on the, the tours. I think we're going to talk about all three today. Three. So I'll let you, let you take it away. But there was a lot happening in the world of golf this week. I know it's football season, but a lot going on. First off, one of the stories, you can see Tambo right now if you're watching on YouTube. Rocking the full Puma, full do Puma it. gear, full Puma gear for Mr. Ricky Fowler yeah. uh, coming in with a couple of top sixes. What did he finish like six in his first event of the year? Yeah. And then he, he, you know, he was, and he missed the cut and, and then he bounced back. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, he's got a little life, a little bit of life for Ricky Fowler since he, you know, before the season, he switched clubs, he switched coaches, he switched everything he could fucking switch. He went back to the, the, the claw to, uh, to, to, to Butch Harmon as his coach. We're going to talk about Claude. We're going to talk about Claude, though. It's Claude, Ricky, No, he's with Butch. Butch. He's with okay, Butch. Yeah. Well, we will but talk another about guy Claude. is with Claude, yeah. yeah. We will talk about Claude. Okay, yeah. and so, you know, so it, it looks like, you know, maybe in these fall swings, maybe Ricky's slowly getting back into his game. Uh, but, of course, the winner, Kegel Bradley, uh, going out there. Uh, no one really felt like they wanted to win the event at the end, but, I mean, there was a lot of guys up top that hadn't won in a while. Uh, so that's something that you're going to expect in a situation like that. Um, unless, you know, you're Tom Kim, who just, you know, goes out there and does his thing and doesn't care that he's 20 years old and shouldn't be winning these events. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it was tough for these guys up top to finally win. Um, Keegan finally, you know, it, it took, took advantage of the fact that, you know, really nobody was making too many moves. So he just didn't have to make too many mistakes. And that's what he ended up doing for the week. So good win by Keegan. Um, you know, other guys that were up there, I mean, there are quite a few guys for personally, for me, not the best week, uh, first losing week in DFS, uh, this season. So I'm three and one, uh, cash game cornerstones, not great. It's going to happen. Uh, you know, I'll take a three and one record, uh, every month for the rest of the season. If that can happen to me every month for the rest of the season, I'll be okay. The funny thing is I did actually win for the week. Uh, I played some rando, uh, three ball parlay matchup because I was on Twitter and go follow um, at PGA splits 101 uh, Ron I've been chatting with him a little bit on the DMs I know he used to be with Rotor Grinders I think the same time we were we were sponsored by Rotor Grinders I think we both worked for them at the same time his Twitter feed at PGA splits 101 uh, he had the um, the non strokes gain stats of uh, you know ball striking stats and stuff like that uh, for uh after the first round, it was either the first or second round. I don't really remember. Uh, and uh, so I saw like Taylor Moore and Hayden Buckley were 
just really, really, really strong ball striking. Uh, and they, and I think Taylor Moore was the first underdog in the three ball and Buckley was like the third underdog in the three ball or the second underdog in the three ball. Uh, parlay that together for like a, it was like plus 750. I ended up winning like 450 bucks. You can tell um, you really knew what you were doing. You're, you're like stumbling through it all, but you just put together a winning parlay is what you're yeah, saying. It just right? ended up, it ended up working. It ended up working. Yeah. And so because of that, I won, um, like, because I lost like 200, like $21 in DraftKings, and I won $227 gambling. $6 win week. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Tampa, what'd you think about the event? I have a different theory on the Ricky Fowler thing. I know it's okay. going to be the, you know, the coach back with Butch Harmon, all the you know, swap caddies, all that. But I think the caddy thing is a bigger deal. If you remember back way back, we have to go way, way back when Ricky won the players. Do you remember what had happened the week before that everyone, all the players were surveyed and said that the most overrated player in golf is Ricky Fowler. He goes out and dunks on the players and wins the thing over everybody with one of them. I don't care what you say about Ricky. That was definitely one of the better performances that I've ever watched. Like just watching him take on that 17th hole like he did and then closing it out to me was a pretty, pretty special moment, special event. I love it. It feels like forever ago, doesn't it though? It was forever ago. That's why it doesn't just feel like it. But what I will say is this, a lot of comments actually last week are, you know, our boy, Tom Kim came through, got the W Ricky had to go in again. He means, well, I'm not saying this way or that way, but Ricky said, like, I got to give a shout out to Joe as well. Joey Scovron, his old caddy, got a shout out to him. But the, there was some bad comments like, wow, Joe Scovron is going to win more money on Tom Kim's bag than Ricky Fowler is going to win playing in the tournaments. Like there was some wow. stuff coming out. Like Ricky wow. was getting ripped in the comments. And I don't know, man, he's been playing good golf. I don't think that's actually it. I just think it's kind of funny that, you know, anytime there's a big comment about Ricky, the bounce back is pretty good. And man, Keegan tried to give him that bogey 14, 16. I know because I was up till three 30 AM my time watching it close out because I watched the Padres game on one spot had the golf on the other. I was like, once the Padres game was over, it was absolutely electric that game it was like you know watching the other one I may as well just stay up and, and just keep it rolling here so I yeah. stayed up Keegan tried to give it away but you know Putnam go, guys like that they weren't he wasn't trying to he was trying but he wasn't going to get there either and Ricky lipped out a couple times he had his chances down the stretch definitely uh one of the saddest Ricky sign-offs on uh, you know congr- like you, you know Ricky's other thing which feels like way back now is congratulating the guy at the end well this time He's not waiting for one of his friends off the green. He's on the green because he's there in the group. And it was a pretty sad sign up. He gave Keegan his props and he's Ricky's a nice guy. You know, he's going to say like, what's up and congratulations. But you could tell, you could see it in his face as he was walking off the green. Rightfully so very disappointed in that, you know, spot had a chance to get a W get back to it. Shout out to Keegan though. He said he was going to go party it up, stay up through the night to get ready for the Pats game. Like he was fired up, man. So I think, uh, you know, good to see him win again. Some of the other guys up there, the gala looked really good, right. Doing his thing. Like always the gala to me, I was going to talk about him later in the show, but kind of like Max Homa before Max Homa started winning a bunch. It's like really boomer bust. And you know this about the gala, but he just goes off and gets you like that top five, top 10, whatever. And so when the wins roll in, I think he's another guy that they're going to continue to roll in. Hovland back doing his thing. Xander played like shit, still finished top 10. Like what he, what you expect from a guy like him. And then Kita Nakajima 
The, the young gun, man, he was up there, top 12 as well. So well, I don't hits know. Tune, hit, hits a tune or whatever. Right we behind talked him, about right him. him. Yeah. Talked about him last week. Yeah. Uh, but some of our Japanese guys as well. I myself did the same thing you did. Uh, I, I took a little nap uh, Saturday during the day. Uh, I stayed up to watch the CJ Cup. Uh, ended up staying up to watch Live. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I guess I was delirious because I'll tell you right now. Uh, I wrote this on Twitter earlier today. So, you know, I was smoking you know, and, you know, eating edibles that night. I was definitely stoned to stay awake and, you know, to, to, to be able to do something. You know, if, if you're up at 3.30 in the morning, uh, more than likely you should be inebriated in some sort of, you know, form. Uh, that's just law. That's law. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, I, 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 and this morning I wake up and I see like all these like notifications about like scheduled deliveries uh, from Amazon. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck did I order? I had no fucking clue. The iPhone needs to come up with a way to tell, like, you know how they have the face ID? They should be able to tell that you're stoned, like, and then restrict access to certain apps. Because I spent $100 on Funyuns, Gushers, and Fruit Roll-Ups. A hundred fucking dollars. Like, how do you do that? How do you buy a hundred dollars worth of that shit? Especially when you I don't get it. it right away. Like it's yeah. you're stoned yeah. and you wanted yeah. it. Yeah. So that's exactly. what you ordered, but for next time, like you're not yeah. gonna get for, it. For I, well, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna fucking crush it. All right. So I mean it's gonna it's gonna be fucking put to use. Uh, but still, there should never be any reason why a 42-year-old man should buy a hundred dollars worth of fucking gushers ever. So I'm blaming the iPhone for it because I don't want to blame myself. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> That, but, that's that's what you would do but like you said yeah, you still get to uh, enjoy those next time will, you get will, on it's just will, funny you had munchies and you go order from amazon versus hitting up uber eats or something like yeah. that to get well, it was 3 right 30 now. in the morning yeah, so they're open uber, they're open there's spots limited uh but anyways so the reason i was talking about that is because it goes up to live um if you saw live which i'm sure no one did i mean no one's watching the numbers it. say no one did yeah. yes no no numbers aren't watching it i watch it because my favorite golfers play there it's a plain and simple. Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, um, you know, Bryson Kepka. They're they're my favorite golfers to watch. Um, so I know there's a lot of you that have the political views where you know I shouldn't be watching with the politics, but it, it, it's not easy to give up something you love, you love for something that you don't necessarily see happening in your own scope of the world. Now I know to do horrible shit, and it's a horrible way to think. But 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 I think it's human as well because it's not like something that I'm just doing for shits and giggles. I've been doing this fucking podcast for this is we're going to be on eight years now. So you know I love this shit, right? You know you have to know. It's the only reason. It's not like we we get paid. We get paid. It's not like we're making millions. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so you know I love this shit. And I, that's why I do it. And I love those golfers over there that are playing live. And I'm really pissed off about the whole situation. Now, now I'm really pissed off because I'm not pissed at Liv. I'm not pissed at the golfers that left. I'm pissed at the fact that I don't get to see all these golfers every week. And I blame the PGA Tour for this. And I blame uh, Fincham and I blame Monaghan for not putting the money and doing what they needed to do to keep these players happy. These rumors about the PGA Tour having this dough and not giving it to the players has been ongoing. And it's not a new thing. Phil has been talking behind the scenes about this for a while. Um, 
And then after everyone left, you saw what the PGA did. They had the dough. They could have kept these guys here, uh, but they didn't do a good enough job and it didn't react in time. And now we're having a fracture tour and it fucking sucks. Uh, and so, but I, so that's why I watched live. Uh, and so when I watched it, if you watch the event, Brooks Kepka won. Okay. And people are going to, you know, say what they say. It's not a real win. It's not a true victory. Okay. You believe what you want to believe. Uh, but for him, if you watch that event and then you watched the interview afterwards, the words out of his mouth, the exact words out of Brooks Kepka's mouth is, I thought my career was over. That's what he said. Now that makes it very, it makes a lot of sense why he went to live there. Uh, he was not playing well. He was dealing with injury. And he literally thought at one point his career might be done, uh, that he could never, ever win again. And you saw in that interview, I know it's only 48 people. I know it's a glorified exhibition. Uh, but honestly, like, you know, the strength of field, if you look at the top 10 on that leaderboard, crushed the Zozo Cup, crushed it. I don't give a fuck what you say. These guys are past their prime. They're not. I mean, look at Brooks. Uh, the thing about it is even Tiger had a three-year window where he didn't win a major, where he struggled, 2002 to 2005. This happens, you know? We're in that same situation with Brooks where he has struggled for the past three years at majors. And this is a big moment for him. Uh, and I, people are going to laugh. People are going to laugh. That's why I didn't post this on Twitter. I didn't want to take shit uh, people were going to say. But if you watch that interview and you see the emotion rising up, uh, he needed that win. He needed that win for his career. Uh, and it, not about the money, just beating good players in a three-round three, three round event. Now, you can say he didn't really win. It was only three rounds. Okay, then. Going into the lead in the final group, going into a possible full, fourth round, if they play, if that's the way you want to think about it. Um, very, very big deal. Very big moment for him. Very big deal in golf because Kepka. When he was in the majors and he was balling out, he drew. He drew. Like, people loved watching him. You know, and it wasn't that fucking long ago. And if he can get back to that type of form, and I think he needs to play a, a bit more competitive events outside of live to really get into the majors, like, type of groove, like what Atagway is doing out there. We're going to talk about him in a second. Um, I think that, you know, this is a big moment for Brooks. It's a big moment for him to get into the majors, Hopefully the world golf championships, I mean, the, the, the majors do the right thing and let the live guys play because if they don't, and we don't get to see these guys all play together at some point in time, it is horrible for golf, horrible for golf. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I want to see it done. And this is a big step, big moment for Brooks Kepka, even if you don't think it is, what do yeah. you think about the live? I think, yeah, you know, at the end, like I said, it was almost crying. It's definitely still something. Like, we've been saying this since day one. It's not, we're not promoters of it or something like that. And I know people get so political on this that yeah. I don't even like getting into it. Me anymore. neither. It's I just my favorite golfers play over there. That's it's it. It's painful. But what I'm saying is, I guess what I'll say is that, you know, they play three rounds, so be it. Every, from it's a, All I'll say is this. It's a far cry from Rory McIlroy saying, what, is Greg Norman going to go play? This thing's dead in the water? It's not. Brooks Kepka, Neiman, Casey, DJ, Wolf, like you name it. There's Abe Anson. You don't like any of these guys, whatever, but they're all up there on the board. They're still hard guys to beat coming down the stretch of a tournament. Doesn't matter if it's round three instead of round four or shotgun start versus regular setup. There is lots of differences. We don't love it. I would have preferred everything stayed together. But what we said from day one, Kenny, and we've been on this harping it, is that everyone trying to stop it. You have no power. 
to stop the Saudi government investment fund, et cetera, from pouring all this money into something if they want to. So you can you can be against it. But if you choose like us to embrace it and still witness it and still watch some of our guys that we like and be involved in it that way, we're not doing a live show. We're just mentioning what we saw over the weekend like we always do. That's why we have timestamps. If you don't like it, you can skip ahead. But the point being, uh, he still had the battle, man. He took Peter Uline in a playoff, right? Had to go through it. Uline was hitting some incredible shots. Yeah, the skull the on, the, on still, that playoff all sucked, man. I felt bad for him about that. that. That is still, though, that is still, Kenny, competition. Yeah. I don't, like, everyone can say you, what you're classifying the event of because of whatever else and the money. Like, it's still huge money they're playing for in a playoff down the stretch. That's legit money for them to go and get. So, man, I don't know. Like, that is where you see the emotions. You see the comments. You, you see the, the battle to get to it. It, it. That is still competition. You can call it. It's an exhibition on paper. That's why they're not getting points but it's a competition down the stretch to win a golf tournament that all these guys started in the same DJ cam Smith. You can't say nothing about cam Smith, right? Like you can't tell me this ain't real golfers when they have cam Smith, the guy legit took out Rory at the open, hunted him down on a crazy Sunday at St. Andrews, the home of golf took it from him. And then Rory goes in a car in tears, emotion, same thing because it was such a big loss and goes from there after he did the interview. So shout out to Roy. And I love Roy. I'm saying my point being that's competition. That's real battle. It's for something bigger. That is a major. It's definitely bigger than live. But when I'm oh, yeah. saying it, like with Brooks, PGA here, tour is bigger than live. A win on the PGA tour. No doubt about I, will let, I will say that. It's There's bigger no doubt than about live. that. But we're, the only what we thing keep is saying and others yeah. won't admit or get to the point of is that we can't control it. If you want to ignore watching it and talking about it on your content or on your stuff or on Twitter and all that and talk shit, you can do that. You're entitled to it. But we're entitled to the other side of it, too. And all we're saying is we're not sitting out running here, cutting everybody off, saying, go live, go. We're cheering for this tour now. That's not what we're saying. We're willing to accept that it does exist and still talk through it in that aspect. And I thought it was big, man. Brooks Kepka still got a W. He was almost crying. He was yeah. talking about, like you said, his career almost being over. He got the money. He got the bag. But he still has to go out and play and do it. And like I said, I still, I don't know what you think on this. And we can move on to the next point. But I, I don't think the majors are cutting these guys off. I don't care what anybody says. I also, I also think they're getting points, whether they have to add a round and a cut to get them. I think they're getting them. And everything that anyone has said to talk shit keeps getting shut down. Oh, this ain't going to happen. Then it did. Oh, they're not going to get that guy. Then they did. Oh, they're not getting any more guys though. I think more guys are going still. And we're Mm -hmm. waiting to see one of them. I actually think is in this field is Mito Pereira. People think it's so safe. They're so happy. No, I think he's grinding it out and getting in as many events as he has to right now before OWGR going and joining points. Neiman and his buddies and everyone that's over there that he wants to go join. He's just probably yeah. part of quote unquote yeah. season two. He yeah. probably joins then and then it's over and he moves on and that's fine. Then you'll write him off. Like he sucks anyway, because he couldn't win a major and he didn't close. Like you got something to say about, you don't have anything to say about someone until they go and then they're your enemy or something. I don't work in life like that. I say it all the time, even in the daily fantasy space and sports in general, like this is just way too small a zone to have these people that can go back and forth and these back and, you know, this crazy stuff people get mad at everyone about and talk so much shit. It's the same thing in golf. Like you, you love a guy, everyone loved Cam Smith. And then if you were, uh, if you were hard and fast against live when he went, now you have to not like the guy because he went to the other side. I, I, I yeah. just don't work like that personally. I, 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 and that's the reason, like, literally, DJ is my favorite golfer. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 he's my favorite golfer in the world. Yeah. So I'm going to watch. I love Patrick Green. You, you've, you guys have listened to the pod enough where yeah. you know I'm pro-villain. I, I can't want, I, I got to watch him. I, I, just, I have to because they're my favorite guys. It sucks that they're gone. 
It's the same. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm more like used to it now because in the fantasy space, for example, I'm I'm a Ravens fan, as many know. You know, I love the Lakers in the NBA. If you don't know, like these are my teams. But when you get involved in fantasy, and I know it's different, but in like just an example though, where you come sort of insensitive to it, you're like, I like my guy. So just because if you love Dustin Johnson as a golf fan out there, and now you can't love him because he went to live, that that to me is crazy. Like you don't have to support everything that they stand for and what they do. I don't, I do not. I'm I'm saying that it's just, it's a golfer that you followed. You mentioned earlier, it's hard to sort of back yourself away from that and just say, okay, I'm a huge golf fan. So I'm like, look at this show. I'm a degenerate. Like it literally the name of the show, (laughs) but now I'm going to write off all these golfers that I've known and loved for years, just because they went to another tour that is backed by something that's, you know, in some cases Evil. evil. Right. So that that's my point. So it's tough. I get it. And I feel that too. But I also understand why people are saying I'm still okay with it. As far as like the live bots, all that shit go, just fuck off. Right. We don't get, you know, I don't need to post something and have a hundred people attack it from one way or the other. That's, that's the most annoying part of it all, but it was happening. We knew it was happening. That's all we've said since day one. And then the final topic before we move on to this week is Adrian Otagway winning in Valderrama by six strokes shooting minus 19 on one of the most difficult tracks on the European tour, and he played Liv. Uh, so it's technically the first Liv a Rebel has won a DP World Tour event. Uh, now, he only played like the first three events. We don't know what his future is with Liv, but he was suspended by the DPT or the DP World Tour um, for joining Liv for those three events. Now, they filled, they signed that, uh, they did that appeal to the court, which is going to be heard in early 2023. Now, at this point in time, Adrian Otagwe is the sixth. He has the final automatic qualifier spot for the Ryder Cup at this moment in time. Um, he's, he's been playing a lot of Euro Tour events uh, since he played those three live events, and he's gotten himself up to number six. So it is possible that if the arbitrator rules in Liv's favor and people can play DP World Tour events, well, first off, the DP World Tour is going to get a lot of more pub because you're going to see Breed. You're going to see Brooks. You're going to see Bryson. You're going to see, I don't know about DJ. DJ might really honestly not even give a fuck about majors. Uh, we'll see what he thinks about that. Uh, you know, uh, you'll see them. It, it, that's the way that, you know, we'll see them play those events either just to get competitive in, in those things to get higher world golf uh, points uh to, to get reps uh in like a you know a legit field i mean i i say that but the field and live is so much better right now than both tours at least this past week yeah not um, this week not this yeah. week it yeah, not this week, week. not yeah. this week so pretty big stuff a lot of crazy stuff going on around oh and fucking freddie couples uh, oh yeah winning winning the goddamn senior event Beating his age by three strokes. 60. The, the smooth Freddy shooting a 60 on Friday or on Saturday, Sunday to win an event. 60. He's 63. What a yeah. week in golf. A lot it of great a stuff. A lot a of good, good stuff happening. If you're just a golf fan, this weekend was big. This weekend was a, a lot of good shit that happened. And uh, the Netflix documentary has to be coming out soon. It has to. It has to. Like it's it gotta be to. dropping those, soon. Those documentaries and Netflix. Too, I just watched Redeem Team. I was literally, oh, so I was shattered in tears the whole fucking show because all they did was show Kobe. God damn it, I miss Kobe. Yeah, oh, I miss Kobe. I will never ride in a helicopter. I still can't believe he's dead. Uh, I was a, an emotional wreck 
watching that fucking uh, documentary uh, prior to football uh, on Sunday because I've been up all day, you know, so all so all night uh, because watching the golf and God, man, that was. It was Such a really good documentary, though. Like, it really was. Watch, it was well bro. put together. It was solid. I can't, the... I'll, not, I'll, I'll never be able to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it just hurts too much seeing Kobe on my TV. Oh, it's just pain. It's bringing me tears right now. Because, that, that, I, you know, I love that, that man on the basketball court. Uh, he, was, he was one of the best. All on right. and off. On and off. Yeah. Oscar uh, yeah. Off. He had some issues. People can talk about his problems. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, that's something else. But I'm talking about from you know, the standpoint of – how skilled and everything was to win and won an Oscar as well. Like, come on, this guy yeah, is very talented. Yeah. Obviously, every, you know, a lot of people have different things on and off the court or on and off their, you know, their jobs, their families, their situation. He did some bad shit, but there's another example, Kenny, like the guy did something extremely bad, but you know, Tiger Woods is that prime example. And everyone's still got Tiger back. Like, you know, it's, it happens. People make mistakes. Kobe was the man, no doubt. Yeah. Missed the guy for sure. All right. So we went a little overboard on the preview. Let's get to the listener league. For this past week, the winner was Joey Z43. Uh, he hit us up on Twitter. I guess he was like close to the third place before he fell asleep, woke up to the win. So congratulations. Uh, he has the Musonomics logo, uh, the fantasy national golf club logo. So we're always a fan. You know, I worked, you know, when I started working with Moose, 2016, I used to work with him when the first edition of Moosonomics ever came out. It was, it changed everything. It changed, it literally changed the whole landscape of fantasy golf. Uh, proud to be a part of, uh, I think, what was it? Project Roto or I was working yeah, with somebody yeah, back. I think, I, think it was it. Pro, I think it was Project Roto. And I was working with Project Roto back in 2016 and Moose had just started the Moosonomics. I was one of the first people to like, you know, use it for free because I didn't have to pay for the site. Um, and it, it's literally changed everything. Anyway, let's go to the lineup. Yeah, Mr. Tom Kim. Love it. Um, eight, 19% owned. He finished in 25th. Victor Hovland with a pretty good week. 18.5% owned again. Uh, he finished in, um, I think, top five, when I'm not mistaken. He had fifth place. Kagan Bradley, he had the winner. Matthew Neesmith, another pretty solid uh, week out there with another top 10. The guy's been playing excellent golf, 15% owned. Kagan was 16% owned as well. Uh, Steven Yeager, uh, 12% owned. Uh, he finished in 40th. And Hayden Buckley, what a week for him. Uh, nice little punt play for him at $6,800. 12% owned again. Uh, and he finished in the top five. Everybody double digit owned. What'd you think? Yeah, they thought it was still good. I mean, that's the one thing we always say. I don't like, think it was I, necessarily chalk, right? It was just right. in our in our tournament, we had these guys double digit owned. I don't think they were double. Yeah, even if it was these. like I said, even in the other stuff, it was like nine percent or whatever. It's again, it goes back to the same thing I would say. It's not who you play, it's how you play them. Everyone, there was a lot of guys up top that you could have played. He started his lineup with Tom Kim and Hovland. So that's just swapping out the roster construction to say I'm willing to risk losing out on those guys at the top. And in the end, the $8,900 guy in Keegan is the one that actually came through. So two 9Ks, an 8K, two sevens, and a high six. Again, a $6,800 guy can basically be treated like a $7,000 guy. They just don't put as many people at those prices. They have to space it out somehow. Overall solid. Even then, it was like 18, 18, 15, 14, 11, 11. It's not really, you know, a super chalk lineup, but just the way it shakes out looks on paper. But a solid lineup. Nonetheless, one by over 10 points. So very solid from Joey Z43. We will see him in the three men this week. 
All right, so let's get to this week. Uh, the uh, PGA Tour is going to head over to South Carolina this week. It's going to be a Congaree golf course. Congaree is a uh, – so this, once again, 78-man, no-cut event. Uh, Congaree is 7,600 yards around there. Um, par 71, three par fives, four par threes. Uh, the length looks pretty shocking, um, but it won't play that long as the course is known for being super firm and super fast. You're going to get a shit ton of rollout uh, up on here, even in wetter conditions. Now, you know, it's only been played. There's only been one event played here, and that was Palmetto at Congaree in 2021. It's going to be hard to judge a lot from that one um, instance there because of all the rain that they had prior to the event. Uh, now, it was still pretty firm. Uh, you know, out there, and it's still really tough conditions uh, out there, even with the softness that the course sort of had. It didn't have the softness that, like, a normal course would have with that deluge of rain. Uh, now, this is the second time it has not rained as much going into this event, and it's also played in a much different time of the year. Um, so, you could take a little bit off of what happened. Um, you know, basically, you know, when you saw what happened and you saw the leaderboard of Palmetto, it was bombers and it was shorter hitters with exceptional long iron play. Those are the ones that probably you can get on there that would do well. Like if you're going to roster a guy that's in the bottom half, I mean, again, short samples, so I could be wrong, but based on what I saw, if you're going to, you're going to roster a guy in the bottom half of driving distance, he should be in the upper half of longer irons that's just my take uh if you're gonna you go, go with a shorter hitter who i think like i said are live there's plenty of guys who are short and can play those long irons because that's the only way they've been able to compete uh throughout their pga tour career uh so it's it, just something to think about uh when you're looking through it now um uh, this 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 place does have a slight links feel to it uh like i said short hitters still viable uh, with the you know even with a 600 plus yard par fives and two 520 plus yard par fours, strong iron play will be needed. Uh, off the tee golfers will see wide tree lined fairways with no rough. Okay, native sandy areas are in play, like they were in Kiwa. You saw, uh, you know, uh, in that same year for the PGA Championship. Uh, now, you know, in these sandy native areas, you're going to be allowed to ground your club. It's it's basically like playing in the rough. Now, the issues I saw. Uh, on this course with the sand uh there's a there's a there's like a four minute video on the pga tours youtube page about all the horrible bunker shots from this tournament in 2021 what i noticed on these bunker shots was a lot of the sand the textures were different depending on where you were some was hard pan some was medium pan some was super super soft like um so yeah, the bunker play and the sand play, it's going to be tough. You got to be good at that, uh, personally, what I think. Uh, now, uh, you should definitely see a ton of drivers off the tee, you know, with, with the wide fairways and the length of this course, you know, it's going to be driver fucking heavy. Now, on approaches, golfers will see large, large, large undulating greens uh, elevated with runoff areas and sandy native areas surrounding them. A lot of these greens, and if they play as firm as, you know, it can, this is going to cause issues because a lot of these greens, when you hit them up to the green, they have these roll-off areas that roll directly into hazards, either the sandy native areas or traps at, at, or water. Uh, another thing I noticed about this course is in these sandy native areas, it's not just sand. It has these little patches of like, like six inch little patches of like this high 
like high grass that's not wispy. It's actually sort of sort of thick. And you saw a lot of golfers like roll their balls right next to it. It's like just a little patch of grass uh, that sticks out of the sand. But there's a lot of these. Uh, it caused a bunch of problems, a shit ton of problems for a lot of golfers uh, at Congaree in 2021. And it was one of the most difficult courses on tour, non-major that year, playing like 0.2 strokes uh, above par per round or something like that with the average. Uh, so it was like top 10, like most difficult course on tour back then. If I remember correctly, the winning score was minus 15, I think. Don't, don't quote me on that. I thought it was like minus 11. Okay, it, it could have been. Yeah, it, yeah, it could have been. 11 under for, for Higo, right? Yeah, so because of these runoff areas, you're going to see a lot of putters from the greens this last week. You saw a lot of Texas wedge. You saw a lot of Ryan Palmer shots uh, type uh, out there, uh, you know, in, in, in that tournament. Uh, so you're going to see that around the green play. I think that makes it a little bit easier because you could putt, uh, you know, up on the, onto these greens. Now, um, hold on. I just lost my place. Now, you know, basically that's going to be the majority of the course. Bermuda grass greens. They're going to play firm. They're going to play fast. Uh, you know, and, 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 and so that's something that you got to think about with these approaches and you got to check the weather. Like I said, they supposedly this course can handle the rain. It did pretty well the last time out. I think this course is going to play firm. I think it's going to play fast. You're going to, it's going to be a, a good challenge uh, out there for these guys. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers? Uh, you listed it really well, actually. So the biggest thing is just, uh, you know, the strength of field. Like we talked about it last time. I'll go back to it. That's where I just pulled it up from. But Higo, Redmond, Vegas, Bo Van Pelt, Hudson Swafford, Tyrrell Hatton, who we'll talk about. Chesson Hadley, Ryan Armour, and David Lipsky. That's the top nine guys because it's T8 and above, and then everyone's T10 or worse. But just to give an idea, like we got a way stronger field here, right? So I think we see the scores lower. I still think it is firm and fast. Again, it's like a sand belt style course, as you mentioned. So when you've got all the sand, dries it out anyway. So I, I think just in the sense of that, you're, you're oh, going to see. I did, one thing I did forget to mention is a Fazio course. And then he Fazio actually was influenced by a lot of the Australian courses uh down there like where they play the australian open or answer one where you see those type of sandy waste areas and stuff like that he said he got a lot of influence from that yeah no for sure and that that's what i mean so um just looking at that again it's going to come down to that and you can't really take a lot away from what we saw at the palmetto like you mentioned different time of year different caliber of field like i just said all of that in line so a lot of this is going to have to do with pricing ownership it's a no cut. You're going to want guys that can score for sure. But I mean, just look for the birdie makers. They'll take the ones that are available to them. And I do think it's going to be a better score that like a lower score. I should say than 11 under, I see like 15 under 16 under something like that, just based on the talent. So I'm not saying there's gonna be a birdie fest, but uh, I'm saying there's gonna be more scoring than what I think it may reflect, even with it being firm and fast. These guys are just so, so good. Again, you, you want to write off live, look at Peter Uline out of the bunkers and stuff like that. Like guys can make some pretty great shots and here's the talent. Here's 17 of the world's top 25. So I definitely think uh, we're going to see some good golf here. And Go I'm check that YouTube video out though. I mean, dude, yeah, oh, it, yeah. had, like, it had like the funny, like not the Benny Hill music in the background, but like some like comedic wah, wah, wah type type of music in the background. And it just showed every single one of these guys duffing or sculling all these fucking sand shots. It was crazy. It's going to be fun, man. I think it's going to be great. And again, we got the talent here. So it's going to be the best event so far that we've seen. It's going to be the best event of the fall. Yeah. The rest of the events are going to suck. Uh, this one, this one's going to be the pinnacle of the fall. Bermuda Championship and Mayakoba are up one and two after this. So yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, yeah, we, we right. can hop into it. Let, let's do it. Let's, let's, go, let's go to the tiers. Let's start off with the top ranked. We got JT all the way to Rory. What you doing? Yeah, it's tough, man. I think it's the obvious two up top, Rory and Rom. I wonder if Rom gets squeezed just a little bit, only because when you look at the stats, like we talked earlier, you look at Fantasy National, you've got Rory and Scheffler pop off the page. Scheffler is number one. Rory's just 200 bucks more. So feels like at least, if, if nothing else, Rom could get held in check. And when you think about a situation like this, four full days, the, just the magic around the the guy just won in Spain. Like he's got the full all around game. So uh, I would expect Rory to be popular and for good reason. The guy has just been crushing it almost a top five machine. When you look around what he's been doing at all these events, what some of them were back doors like classic Rory others. He just did his thing. But the point being he's been in the mix in all of these tournaments. So it's hard to get away from him. I like Rory Rahm and Scheffler and you know, JT, I like him, but uh, his CJ cup wins were definitely not at this course. So I'm not factoring that in. Maybe him and Scheffler have a little rust. Haven't seen them for a little bit since the, the President's Cup. But just to say, in general, the other thing, Kenny, is there is guys in the 6K range that are definitely playable when you're getting four full rounds. So I am going to live a little bit more up here. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet in the 9K range. Might just build some accordingly. But for me, those are the guys up top that I like the most. I'm playing Rory and Rom, Fady, JT, and Scheffler. Uh, I, I, Rory and Rom have gotten the reps. They've been playing competitive golf since the end of last season um you, you, because the thing is you've got to figure out what you want from these guys because all four of these guys are great players uh i, I you know I, I, you have to find a reason to not play them um and that that is my reason basically i mean they can win uh, of course they can go in there do their thing but i you know i, I like the fact that rory and rom have been playing competitive golf a little bit more rom with that win uh, of course um and then, uh, you know, Rom, Rom is my first cash game cornerstone. I'm going to start with John Rom. Uh, I, I mean, you know, he's coming off a win um, over over across uh, the pond. He's been playing competitive golf. He had sort of a, a down year last year, if you want to call it that, with one loss. I think he picks it up this year. I think it's a big season for Rom. We see another multiple victory season for the Spaniard. Uh, and this is the first one. I am betting him at 9-1 to one as well. Uh, he's going to be my bet uh, nine to one. I, I'm not even going to do my usual cash game thing where I use them in cash and only play them 20%. I'm playing 30% wrong. I'm playing 40 to 45% Rory. 75% of my lineups are going to start in that place. Now you look at Scheffler, you know, the guy is amazing, but his weakness, if there is one, is the bunker play. Not the greatest out of the bunker. And there's a shit ton of fucking sand here. If he avoids the bunkers, he can win. Um, yeah, he might and just then, avoid them. Yeah, that yeah, might be it. That, that, that could happen easily. The guy's an amazing player. Justin Thomas, another amazing player. I know Bamford's been tipping him. I know a lot of other guys have already tipped JT. Um, and, and I can't argue against that fact. The only thing I could say is I'd rather have guys that have been playing competitive golf for, you know, in the last six weeks, uh, you know, more. Uh, and and JT and Scheffler haven't, except for the President's Cup. They haven't played. It's going to be their first event, possibly their only event of the fall. Uh, can they win? Yes. Uh, but, you know, you got to you know, put your foot down when it comes down to these top guys at some point in time. And so I'm going to play Rom. I'm going to play Roy. And if you move down a little bit, I'm going to play Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitzpatrick, the one thing that has really uh, improved his game. When you first thought of Fitzpatrick about three, four years ago, you're thinking a shorter hitter. Shorter hitter, short game putting. That's what he did. The dude is pretty fucking long now. 
he's added like 15, 20 yards to his drive. The guy's pounding it out there every fucking time. That has really made his game a little bit more complete because his longer iron play was not the greatest. Um, and, you know, it was good. It was good. Uh, but, you know, you'd much rather have mid to short irons on any type of hole than like, you know, a five, five or four iron or whatever out there. Um, so, and I like, I like Fitz. Uh, you know, give me Fitz in the 9K range. And then we'll go ahead and do my second cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Max Homa. Um, you know, pretty good on Bermuda uh, going into this neck of the woods. Uh, he's familiar in North Carolina where he's won twice uh, in the Carolinas uh, in the past couple of years. Um, you know, I, again, uh, iron game has been you know, decent, uh, you know, above average. It hasn't been like uh, the best, but a ton of birdies putting it very well. Excellent on long par fours. Does the bogey avoidance thing good with his longer irons. Give me, and he's coming off victory, uh, and he's and his baby is due in a week. So, yeah, that that's a little bit of a risk factor, you know, if, if the baby comes early. But uh, hopefully, that does not happen, uh, and he goes out there and plays for you know his newborn. You get that nappy factor in, uh, and then and then you start fading him once he has the baby, uh, and he has to deal with you know eight hours of crying baby a night. Uh, <laughs> but for now, we play Homer. Um, I like I like Victor Hovland. Uh, as well i'll be playing victor he played well last week again another euro who has played a lot of competitive golf give me victor also in the 9k range tamil oh are you you were hinting at a max has to go homa withdraw here based on the baby halfway through this tournament or something after he's crushing out of the gate because that kills me i actually love him i think he makes perfect sense he'll be popular but he should be he's 9,100 here. He's won more tournaments than most of these guys throughout the season. So, I mean, it just all around good golfer makes sense for the course. I like it. If it's fast and firm for him, I like that better. So I think he's good. I love your Fitzpatrick call, but also T10 at the Palmetto. But I just think more of when you think of this type of course and the all around, and there's a, an uglier name down there a little bit that we'll get to in a minute that suits this as well. And talking about magic and magic beans, you can probably guess who I'm talking about, but Fitzpatrick has those and he's got much better in other aspects of his game. Like you said, and then Sung Jay, I'm going to stick with him here. I know Burns looks good. Bermuda Burns, Hovland, incredible. Just came T5, all of that. But for me, I'm going to stick with Sung Jay. I'm a Sung Jay truther. I think we were talking about hitting the fairways, getting it up and down all those factors. I really just like Sung Jay's game. And again, not saying we weren't saying earlier, it's going to go to 21 or 22 under or something here. I think 15, 16 under, maybe it's higher scoring than that. Even like it goes closer to that 12, 13 number. I think that's where I want a guy like Sungjae more of that. We saw him. Uh, it was a high, it was a lower score there, but at the Honda Kenny, where you have to be you perfect pretty much around there. And there's another guy later. I like from, from that spot as well, but um, Sungjae for sure. So if it's Patrick Sungjae Homa are the three that stand out to me here in the Stein K range. All right, AK range. I got to play my boy Tom. You know he likes the Carolinas, right? He, he, he uh, yeah. I mean, the guy won. The guy won a window. The guy balled the fuck out at, at in Charlotte. Uh, Carolina seemed like a thing. Now this is definitely not the type of course that, yeah. that those two courses were. I think he's uh, just but, good at golf. It doesn't yeah, matter where you play him. But yeah. I, I, I think so too. Uh, I think he's just good at golf. Uh, I'm going to play Tom. Uh, that's just the way it's going to be. But my third cash game cornerstone was a little bit of a disappointment last week. Uh, and so, you know, maybe he'll be lower owned, but he's a lot cheaper this week. And I think, you know, maybe he, him, he himself was, uh, knocking off a little bit of rust. Mr. Cameron young at $8,600, who's just going to pound the ball out there and have, you know, seven iron or shorter on the, you know, all those long par fours. Um, 
He's going to pound it out there. Good short game. I'm sorry. Good putting. You can always you can count on him to be a hot putter. Uh, again, his distance is always straight, and he's really, really good from Pat over 200 yards. I think he's top 10 in this field in the last 50 rounds from 200 plus. So go ahead and give me Cam Young, and I like Shane Lowry down here uh, at $8,200. Again, approach game strong. TD Green strong. Good on longer par fours. Second in bogey avoidance in the field in the last 50 rounds. Excellent out of the sand. Excellent out of the sand. If he does miss and hit it into one of those, you know, like I think it was some ridiculous hundreds of acres of sand on that course. Uh, so, I, like I said, you see, a, you see sort of a, uh, a a theme going with my guys. Lots of euros, lots of euros. I like euros this week. Let's go, Tambo. Yeah, I like five or six guys in this range. So, you know, I was lighter in the 9K, only like half them up top, only two or three, depending on how it shakes out my pool. But uh, in this range, it looks pretty good. Tom Kim, who you mentioned, hard to go away from. The price seems crazy when uh, you think about it. I guess it's not really when you think 9,200 at some of these events with weaker fields. So maybe it is technically still priced up when you factor in the guys that are above him now. But uh, on that same token, again, the, the course seemingly would set up well for him. You talked a little bit about the Carolinas and stuff. I was joking, but I mean, you're right. It, it does work out that he is, he has been good there too. But you know, other guys in this range, Hatton, second of the Palmetto last year, but I, I like him better on these styles of courses, right? Like this is sort of the fairways are wide. He can put it out there, get it up and down, be able to find his way around. He's still a little bit more creative than people probably think. Linksy style, like that is what suits him. So I love that. Lowry was the guy I was mentioning earlier. Obviously, Sepp took it away from him, had that unlucky weather at the Honda. And again, I'm not calling that a comp course. I'm just saying I like the courses where you play in tougher fields that you have to be pretty much perfect and solid for all the rounds to get through it. And that's what Lowry can do. The stats bear out as well. He looks pretty solid on the stats board. The other guys that I'll take shots on in here, Kenny, Cam Young, a little bit of flop leg, did poorly last week when everyone was on him, myself included. So I'll go back to the well. Why go away now? 8,600. Uh, Taylor Montgomery, Maybe he won't be as popular for once, just based on the fact you have real guys like real guys, Lowry, the Hattons, the Tom Kims, all these guys. And we're going to name, you know, the next range has guys in that upper 7K range that people will be playing. So if nothing else, kind of like the Rom situation up top, not saying he won't be popular. You can still build with them and get different elsewhere, but maybe kept in check versus what we've seen at some of these other events for Taylor Montgomery. And then lastly, I hinted at it earlier, but the Magic Beans, Spieth, another guy, man, doesn't matter what you do. He, he can just find his way around any course. He has the around the green game. The putter has been hot lately. He's got the putter back. So uh, President's Cup, he was draining everything. I'm not expecting that, but just an example where you find a guy like him, he could definitely find his way around mm. here. And doesn't Speed have, you mentioned those Australian Opens and stuff. Doesn't he have a uh, good history at those? I'm not sure. I mean, the guys that I know that have won those Aussie ones are all in live. <laughs> Answer in HV3. Are the two guys that I remember vividly winning that Aussie Open. And, of course, they don't play for the PGA Tour anymore. Yeah, Jordan Spieth won the Australian Open for the second time in a thrilling three-man playoff at the Royal Sydney Golf Club. So, again, well, no, you, I don't, you, not you talked me into him. I, he was off my radar, but you just talked me into Spieth. I just think it's interesting. If you could find yeah. something like that, again, it's way yeah. back in the day. It doesn't have anything to do with right now, but my, it's still Jordan Spieth. He's still 8,800. He still suits the course in my opinion. So I'm okay with it here. I think he can make birdies too. So we're good with him. That's sort of the five or six guys in the range that I'll be considering. Let's go to the seven K race. Tambo, why don't you get it, get it started? Yeah. Tough to um, go away from Grillo right off the top. Grillo's right there. Another guy, almost like when everyone said Spenson, 
I'm using a different guy, a totally different situation. But remember when Adam Spence and everyone's like, yeah, if only he could find a putter. And then everyone was like, look at the fucking stats. He's been, he's been gaining on put- putting for nine events straight. And everyone's like, what? He has Same with like, oh, shit, that's Grillo. That's Grillo right now. It's like, oh, but he, he can't putt. It's like, well, go look. He actually has been putting well. So well, that's he why makes- he's had like three top tens in his last six events or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, something like that. I haven't looked, but I mean, just off the top of my head, that's what I remember. Yeah, he's he's underpriced. He's definitely do- been doing fine. Again, it's Grillo. You want to worry about if he gets super high owned. So keep that in mind. Uh, wise, another guy, he'll get popular. He always gets the late love, but he looks good on paper at least and can make the birdies. So I have no problem sliding him in if you're going to at least be unique somewhere else in your lineup. I think some of the other guys here, Harmon, Hoagie, uh, Mito, who we talked about. And then Cam Davis will be popular. Fleetwood makes some sense. I guess if everyone's going to play Cam Davis and Mito and guys like that in there, you could take some shots on Fleetwood. He definitely sets up. He was T35 at the Palmetto. Not that reason why, but you go back to the same idea of harder fields, linksy style courses. Like this is what Fleetwood does. So I think he would make sense at 7,600 as sort of a pivot if others are playing the guys above and below him. And then just to keep it going and go through some more, just the last $7,400 guys, Putnam and Fowler stand out, but I don't know if we just keep playing them or not. Like they literally just both lost. Jason Day is interesting. He played pretty well his last time out, if I remember. Yeah. Um, he had a decent finish. Played that Australian he, angle too. I mean, uh, 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 didn't he play well here too? Like the last time? I, I, I could be wrong about that. I don't, did he uh, play here? I don't remember. I don't remember. No, I don't think but, uh, maybe he did. And I'm wrong. I don't know. I yeah. I don't remember, but I, I, I think he's so. interesting down there. You've you seen him at flashes here recently. And at that price, you might want to take risks, but up top, um, I like Aaron wise, you know, the birdie machine. It's going to be four rounds. You don't have to worry about a cut. The guy just makes a ton of birdies really strong from 200 plus. So you should have a slight advantage on some of those par fives and those long ass fucking par fours. Uh, you know, long iron play is pretty good. So I like Aaron Wise. I like Hollywood Hokey. Grew up about three hours away uh, from the course. He should have some some nice little fanfare, and but it's not too close where he's going to have like a thousand of his friends show up. You know, so so that that could be a good thing for Hokey. He's been playing pretty well. I mean, three straight top twelves, three straight top fifteen, something around there. The guy's been playing good golf. Um, you know, at that price, I, you know, I'll go ahead back to the well, Mino. Um, you know, flop lag, maybe his ownership goes down uh, and we can get him at, you know, you know, 10%, 11%, 17, 15, 18, 20 that we've seen him here recently. Uh, so, so I like Mito. Uh, I think Fleetwood finally is priced where he probably should be priced. Uh, yeah. And he's actually, the books actually have the correct number on him. Uh, 80 to one is, is what I got for Fleetwood. I, I you know, I, I know he's never won here, but I've never in my life seen an 80 to one number for Tommy Fleetwood, even in events like this, I was like, what the fuck? I'm just going to go ahead and click this Jesus Christ, 80 to one. Um, you know, and then, so basically I just threw like, you know, $13 down the drain because I'm trying to win, you know, a thousand dollars on my bets. So I probably just wasted 13 bucks, but uh, you know, I had to do it, you know, uh, at that price. Um, other guys that's going down below Cameron Davis is going to be very, very popular. I like him, but if he's like 25% owned, game theory play might be worth, you know, giving the fade because he's not, it's not like Rom, Rory is going to be 30%. I don't give a fuck if he's 80%. I'll play him. You know what I'm saying? Because he's, he's Rory. You know, this is Cam Davis. He's good, but he ain't Rory. Uh, you know, and if he's 25% projected owned, might think about uh, switching him out for a guy like Giuseppe Straka with three top sixes on Bermuda greens in his last three times on Bermuda. 
So, so you know, give me a little Giuseppe out there in the lower a, lower range. Uh, I'm going to be a fan of him down here. I'm going to play a lot of Giuseppe uh, down here. One guy who I want to play, but I just can't is SH Kim. You know, I've been riding him the whole time. Uh, he's been all on the tour. I'm going to fade him this week. Um, I don't feel the Korean angle this week, guys. I feel the European angle uh, this week. That is what I'm going to go with. Uh, because the reason why he's been playing, the majority of his starts have been over uh, in, 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 across the pond in Asia. I don't know how familiar he's going to be on a course like this. Uh, right. You know, he's. I, I just don't think he's ever, I just don't know how familiar he'll be. I, totally going no, no news or, you know, no facts about this. Just typically from the top of my head, I don't think he would be comfortable uh, on a course like this with his type of game that features so much short game, um, you know, and, and, and not this type of short game, you know, uh, Texas wedge is going to be the right play. Does get right, you know, I mean, so, so I don't, I don't know how familiar he is with that. So that's one guy I'm fading. It sucks, but I'm going to fade him. Um, I like, Kurt Kitayama, uh, nice little bounce back last week. Could go ahead with a little length. Steve Bamford tipped him. So, you know, guys sharper than me tips Kitayama. Uh, I could go ahead and use him at $7,100 uh, down here. Uh, and you know what? I think I might, I might go back to Davis Riley at 7K uh, this week. He's been sort of on a downward trend, but one of his strengths is long iron play. So maybe he can get back on track at a very reduced price. So I can give Davis Riley another shot. Anybody would, in this lower seven K range? Go ahead. Would, would you like it better if I told you he was actually sixty nine hundred? Nice, nice. Player. I like it. I did. I thought he was seven. Nice. There you go. Nice, nice number. Nice. So yeah, I think what's funny is I mean I literally had nothing coming in on this, and I, I still don't think it's comparable. But you, the guys that I keep liking and mentioning, my favorite guy down here is actually Keith Mitchell. Who was um, now we're talking Keith on Bermuda, the overall upside, the skill, the four days playing, all that. But he was greenside to congratulate Giuseppe Straka at the Honda for the tournament that he had previously won at the Honda. So, like, man, maybe there is this little narrative the Honda correlation. Well, the I'm Honda just correlation. It up, but it's just funny. The guys that I like have all sort of went yeah. good at the, that. The, the, the Korean sponsors, not a fan of that correlation. Yeah. Well, either way, <laughs> right we'll, we'll, I can tell you that right now. We can plug it in. We can plug it uh-huh. in. Um, so, yeah, th- that, a couple of the guys. Uh, Henley was one down here that I like. JT Poston, Kurt Kitayama. I was with you on both of those. And not really much else. Straka, I was with you on. But going into the 6K range, I'll start us off because I was going to talk about Davis Riley. Uh, definitely, I, I mean, at least in DFS, at $6,900. Mm-hmm. I actually considered, Kenny, I haven't done it yet. He's 100 to 1. I just, I know it's been bad and I know this field is the strongest one, but the thing is that we've seen crazier shit happen and all season long, we said Davis Riley's going to get his W in the swing season. You'd love to see it at a hundred to one and not, I mean, it almost going back to Honda vibes, nothing to do with the Honda, but Keith Mitchell was somebody that I bet forever and did not bet at like 150 to one, maybe it was bigger, but I, I seen a lot of people had it at 150 to one when he won at the Honda. And I was so disappointed in myself. And the only reason I had really went away was because of strength of field. And at that time he wasn't, and he still is not that dude. So it wasn't like, I was like, Oh, you know, Keith Mitchell, I got to just keep riding. But Davis Riley, who we expect to be that good, who guys like Will Zalatoris tell you that it's not a matter of if, but when, you will see Davis Riley as a top 10 player in the world. Why would we not be considering that now? So at 6,900, at least 
do that. I'm actually considering getting like a hundred to one with the eight places or something like that. I may just bet it now that I've talked myself into it, but just an example where sometimes you don't want to go away from it and you'll be more pissed off that you missed on the hundred to one for his first win. Then if you said like he's 20 to one in a stupid event where you're, we're super, you know, the weak strength of field and you're like, ah, oh, who cares? I didn't bet him. At least then it said 20 to one. You didn't miss much. You miss him at hundred to one. That's your chance to get right. So yeah, I've talked myself into it. I'm going to roll with him. Go ahead. Give me what you got in the six K range. Yeah. My final cash game cornerstone is going to be Trey Mullinax. I mean, you know, if you look at his last 12 rounds or something like that, of recorded strokes game, the guy's like top five in this field in my stat model. I'm just going to go ahead and take that with his length off the field and birdie prowess. I'm going to use him as my punt play uh, in cash so I can afford young. So I can afford, you know, um, Homa. And so I can afford Rom, you know, uh, in this field. Those three guys, give me Trey Mullinax to go ahead. So those are my cash game cornerstones right there. Rom at 10, whatever. Um, um, my mind just went blank. Uh, Homa. Mullinax, like, Young, uh, Homa, Homa. Those are, the, those are the four guys. Leaves like 14-8 to finish off the rest of your lineup for cash. And I'm, I feel good about this one a lot better than last week. Uh, so I like the other guys I do like down here. Um, like I said, I, I like Riley. Um, give me, I mean, Luke list has the course record. Something to think about. The guy has the course record on this course. I bet him at like 150 to one. I don't know why the hell not. The guy has a course record. He's familiar. Who knows? Uh, Ryan Palmer, another guy that I like with his length and his, in his prowess, you know, he knows what to do around these type of greens. These type of greens, you see them a lot in Texas with those roll-off areas where you got to just put it up there, Texas wedge it. Uh, you know, he's familiar with that. Uh, I like Ryan Palmer. Um, going down a little bit more, you know, Harris English is top 15 in birdie. Uh, birdie birdies are better. Birdies are better gained in this field in the last 12 rounds. Uh, something to think about. Uh, very, very cheap down here. And Gary Woodland, I don't know if I'm going to play him, but goddamn, that price is low, right? What do you think about Gary? Yeah, I love Gary. I bet him actually. So uh, okay. def- definitely hit on Gary. Also, Ryan Palmer, 17th, 4th, and 2nd in three of his last six tries at the Honda Classic. So put him in your Honda pile as well. Another guy that fits it. But uh, if our know. Honda guys do this well, we just created the fucking narrative. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because uh, this is only the second time this course has ever, ever happened. And this course is making been it up as we go, but I like yeah. it. So uh, I'm with it. Um, you know, I've been playing Web, or sorry, Wyndham Clark. Webb is down here, by the way, but uh, I've, I've been playing Wyndham Clark, so I'm going to stick with that. Uh, Alex Smalley, another guy that I like. Woodland, who I love, talked about him already. I bet him. And then I think that was it. Yeah, John, do you, what do you think about John Huh? He showed up for a little bit last week. A- any love for him? Yeah, no, I think if I want to go down that low, where, where's Huh at? What, what's his price? 62. Oh, yeah, 62. 62. I like Lee Hodges. At 63, yeah, 63 with you, I probably would yeah. like him better too. Actually. Really good iron play, really good, you know, well above. I mean, excellent from 175 to 200, and you know, right around the field average from 200 plus. You know, for this guy, he's he's had some decent finishes here, top 25, top 30s uh, in the fall swing. Uh, so yeah, I don't mind a little bit of uh, of Lee Hodges if we're going to go way low. Got it. All right, bets. I'll go ahead and start this week. Rob, nine to one. Basically, my week is revolving around the Spaniard. Um, if he does well, it's going to be a good week. If he wins, it's going to be an excellent week. Uh, I can tell you that right now. So Rom nine to one, Cam Young, 35 to one, um, Fleetwood, 80 to one. I had to do it. FOMO. Uh, and then two long shots. Um, Giuseppe, 130 to one. 
Luke List 150 to 1. But really, it's all about Rom all day. Vamos. That's all I got to say. I like it. Yeah, I only had four. Now I have five, but they're longer shots because my first point I was going to say is our guy filled in last week. Again, appreciate Bear Off as always, but he hit me up today. I think there is some, some double opportunities out there, some doubles opportunities, I should say, with Rory and Rom because I really do feel like one of them closes it and gets the job done here. So that's why I don't feel great about putting a big betting card out because I really like those two. He's talking me into uh, Rasmus Hajgard over on the DP world tour event, but then some guys like his brother, Nicholas. So I I don't know what I'm doing yet. Nikolai, Nicholas, I forget how he says it, but the other Hajgard brother. So uh, debating the doubles, I may just go double Hajgards with Rory Rom. Hope that Rory or Rom win it. Hope that one of the brothers win it. I'm probably talking myself into that now too. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But I had wise 55 cam Davis, 80 Keith Mitchell, 90. I just added Riley at hundred and I had Woodland at 125. All of those are with eight places. So I, I started at 55. I'm going to add the double and that's going to be it for this week. Kenny, I think that's all I got. Yeah. All I, got, I got, I got like, so with those five bets, I spent like 170 something dollars on those five bets. So those five bets to win in a thousand for if, for if I win. So that, that leaves me $30 to spend for the rest of the week. I'll probably save that for either live betting or matchups. Or yeah, just don't like spend that. it on more gushers and edibles and other yeah, shit. Yeah, like no that, shit. Man. Right. Hey, you Amazon. know what? This is a great fucking show. Hey, do you I feel like that? that sometimes when you, when you do this for so long, you know, like, in the middle of the show, like, you know, it's sometimes hard to bring all the juice in the fall. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, you, you can't blame us on that. We, we're not, we, you know, we, we don't get as many viewers and, you know, the fields are shittier and, you, you know, you're, you're burnt out from doing this week in and week out every fucking week for the for eight fucking years, right? Uh, and, and you know, and, and then sometimes you know when the show is fucking good. And I felt like this show is really fucking good. I told you it was so going to be good right so, off the top. So hopefully, so hopefully you, you, you listeners enjoy this one out there, uh, you know, and let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Vamos, Rom! I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Second penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.